Hi guys, you're listening to the Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. Because we aren't friends with any rich or famous people, your support really matters. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us nice reviews, and follow us on Instagram at Mimosa Sisterhood. Your support really, really helps. Thanks, enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to episode three, part two. You're a real fucking trooper. Enjoy. Are you fucking ready for my St. Patrick's Day appropriate woman of the week? I'm ready. All right, cool. So we're going to talk about Grace O'Malley, the pirate queen of Ireland. Um, And because she was born about 500 years ago, a lot of this is going to be speculation. A lot of this is going to be myth and legend. And that's going to work out really well for me because I'm also an Irish person and I just kind of make shit up. (laughs) So Grace O'Malley was born probably in 1530 in Connaught, Ireland, which is the northwest side of Ireland. Um, And... At the time of her birth, Henry VIII is still a king of England, which also technically makes him the Lord of Ireland on paper. But because he's just dick slinging out there and decapitating his wives whenever he feels like it, he doesn't actually give a shit what the Irish are up to. And so even though it's technically under English rule, the Irish princes and lords have a shit ton of autonomy and are basically just running amok and killing each other, which is, by the way, another thing I want to mention not like I didn't already know this, but researching Grace O'Malley just reminds me how savage my people are. Like, basically, all we do is run around, murder people, fuck people we're not married to, and get drunk. <laughs> and five centuries later, let me tell you, nothing has changed. So, so she's born to Owen O'Malley, who is the chieftain of the O'Malley clan, um, and they rose to power in the 1300s. So by the time she's born in the 1500s, they've been kicking it for like two centuries. She's born into privilege and as close to Irish nobility as you can get. Irish nobility is kind of a joke because we're all just drunk living in stone castles. Um, but she's born into this family who was, quote, nobility, but they're also known for, quote, taxing ships that are passing by their coast which means they're pirates they basically just go out up to the boat they're like hey like you can either pay us money and we'll let you live or you cannot pay us money and we'll raid your boat rape any women on the boat and just steal your shit is that cool okay jesus christ okay wait real quick question how does a boat pull over another boat so i have not studied boat This is where I'm going to Irish bullshit right now, like pulling pulling down the power of my ancestors. Um, I think what it basically meant is that they just kind of like blockaded them with like multiple shit. Like they kind of just like, like imagine like a cop car cutting off a car on the freeway. I think it was probably okay. similar to that. And they okay, were just like, because cool. you can see like their ships, they don't go that fast. Like you can see them on the horizon and you can be like, oh shit, like here comes a ship, get in our ship and like let's run out there and fuck them up. I don't like, I don't, again, <laughs> What did I say at the outset? All of this is bullshit. But I'm assuming it worked something like that. Um, Okay. So 
raised by rich pirates basically that's the story of grace o'malley and this is so even though because again she was born so long ago and record keeping was not that great particularly in ireland because everybody was so drunk all the time um it we don't know but it is assumed that she was actually pretty well educated which was very uncommon for women of that time in ireland um but it, it has been documented that she spoke multiple languages so chances are pretty high she actually got some form of formal education which kind of set her apart from other women um of her culture so here's already a legend that i love it's probably apocryphal but i'm gonna tell it anyway so her father actually had a son but she ends up taking over the family business that is true we know that for sure um but legend has it that she at a young age wanted him to like take her out on voyages with her uh, with him and teach her how to sail and he wouldn't do it because she was a girl and supposedly quote her hair would get caught in the ropes so according to this legend she cut her hair off to spite her father and like embarrass him and rub it in his face that like well there's that problem solved and so he ends up teaching her how to captain a ship and how to be a pirate because she was like this is what it's gonna be um, that is hysterical you know whether or not i don't know if that's true but it's a great story we're just gonna go with it's about. true yeah, it's yeah, it's St. Pat yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. It's all true. Um <laughs> so she's already got like an attitude, right? She's like a ginger with an attitude. At the age of 16 in 1546, she marries Donald O'Flaherty. Um which was a political marriage. They the O'Flaherty's were also a very powerful clan, so they were basically just like joining together their property and their power. In 1560, so about 14 years after their marriage, he is murdered by another clan because, like I said, all my people do is murder each other and fuck each other and drink. And she assumes leadership of all clan lands and ships at that time. So, like, he dies and she basically, like, ascends as the Don Corleone of Ireland. Um, And she, at this point, even before he dies, like, she's been doing the family business for a hot minute and she's got like literally and this girl this is my like number one fantasy she's got like an army of men who fight for her like she's so she's so well known as being this like intelligent strategic military bad bitch that like these men are just like yes absolutely just tell me what to do and i'll do it and i'm like that's literally the only thing i want in my life um (laughs) so so he dies she packs up her shit like takes all his ships takes all the money and she goes to Clare Island which is where she probably grew up um off the coast of Ireland and that kind of makes that like her main pirate headquarters and at this point she just turns into like a straight up pirate queen mob boss like she's just raiding ships um anytime a ship comes by she's like getting her men out there making sure they take their cut of the pay she's making and breaking alliances left and right so she's like always fighting with england but she's also like selling out her men to them basically to make money like she's just like she just doesn't give a fuck like she's just trying to make her money and get her d and that's all she cares about um (laughs) which leads into one of my favorite parts of her story again like what is legend what is what is history hard to say but this seems to be the case because I read it multiple places in 1565. So about five years after her first husband dies, she takes a shipwrecked man as her lover. 
So she like finds this dude like shipwrecked and is like, let's start banging it out like right now. You're really hot. Um, there is some speculation that he was Anglo-Irish nobleman Hugh DeLacy. But that has been like that. That's up for debate. Some historians say that's true. Some don't. But basically, she takes him on as her lover and another clan to spite her murders him. And that must have been some good fucking D because she goes, the McMahon clan, the McMahon <laughs> clan is the clan that murders her lover and she fucks them up. So she attacks the McMahon castle of Duna in Blacksod Bay and she kills all of the people associated with his murder and takes over their castle, which earns her the nickname, the Dark Lady of Duna. Don't. Oh my God. You know what? It's really hard to find good D out there, and you just shouldn't <laughs> fuck with it. When a lady, when a lady has found it, just leave it alone. And like, because you just don't want to incur this wrath. Um, so she fucks them up, and then she ends up going on to marry in 1566. So she moves on quickly. So he dies. She meets him in 1565. They bang it out. He gets murdered. She murders everybody in retribution, and then she goes on to marry Sir Richard Burke. Um, I don't think his name is Sir. I mean, he's not a knight. I just added that on. But his name is Richard Burke. Um, in 1566, she pops out a baby boy, earning her the rights to his real estate. In Irish law, it's called, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called. Bro, Brohan law? <laughs> Brohan. I think it actually Brohan. might be. Brohan. Brohan. Uh, this is stuff that I learned back as a child in like my Irish education classes. But he... Wait, you did Irish education classes? No. So that's not true. I just said that to be cool and kind of sound like a Jew because I'm obsessed with Jewish people because <laughs> they do Hebrew school. And I've always been jealous about it. But I was super, super into um, Scottish and Irish history and my family like really supported that because nice. that's our, yeah that's our lineage um so you were allowed as a female like you had up into the first year of marriage to annul your marriage so she she pops out a baby boy within a year so technically she has like an heir to his fortune annuls the marriage within the year and legend has it that she literally, like, while he was out, locks the gates to his castle. He comes home and she yells out the window, I dismiss you, Richard Burke. And he, that's the end of their marriage and she keeps his castle. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, she's been married twice and both times she literally just got married to acquire land and wealth and power. And she was like, bye, get out. I'm done with you. The only person I ever love got murdered and I've killed everybody who touched him. So you can fuck off. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on there. Pretty much as soon as her first husband dies. So I guess like, let me back up and give you some history right now. So Henry VIII, again, he's too busy like slinging his dick around and decapitating all of his wives to pay attention to Ireland. But soon thereafter, like he dies a bunch of people like take his place and they die. And then, you know, if you haven't seen the movie Elizabeth, go watch it. But Queen Elizabeth the first ascends to the throne. Um, and she has a much different agenda than her piece of shit father. In 1558, when she ascends the throne, she's basically, so the English at this point are a Protestant country, or at least under Elizabethan rule they are. And she's up against her, her other sister, Mary Queen of Scots, who is a Catholic. And the Spanish have aligned with her, and they're also a Catholic country, and they're basically trying to, like, take 
English Protestantism down. And so Elizabeth all of a sudden is like, we need to lock in this island of Ireland and make sure they don't become Catholic, which like spoiler alert, they do. Um, But in the 1500s, she's like, we have to make sure that we don't lose this country to the Catholics. And so she starts trying to like put them under her thumb in a real way that her father didn't do. And so she, she like halfway through Grace's life, all of a sudden the English are super interested in what the Irish are doing and she's not having any of it because they come into her country and they try to be like, hey girls, so like you're a pirate and that's cute or whatever, but like you can't be doing this shit anymore because now this is like English land. So pretty much right away, she's fighting with bitches. Um, In 1584, Richard Bingham is appointed as the English governor of Connacht and they are constantly at war with each other. So he, she like stages multiple rebellions against him. He steals her property. He steals her cattle. He murders her firstborn son. Um, yeah, he kidnaps another one of her kids. Like they are constantly in battle with each other. She actually ends up going to prison. Like he imprisons her at some point, but somehow she manages to get out on good behavior, which like I didn't know was a thing back then. I just thought everybody killed everybody. Um, but I think she had so much like pull and power that they didn't want to fuck with her. And she was just like, like, let me out and I won't kill you. Um, so she, so she promises to be cute and good, but then he kills her son and imprisons like one of, I think it's, he imprisons two of her sons. I didn't note this down one or two of her sons. And then like her brother-in-law, but he basically like locks up half her family and she's like, I fucking had it with this shit. Um, and so in 1592, Grace O'Malley writes a letter, and this is true, we have documentation of this, writes a letter to Queen Elizabeth and is like, hey girl, so like, that's cute that you're trying to get Ireland together or whatever, but like, these are my ancestral lands and y'all ain't got no right to this. And your boy Bingham is really giving me a pain in the ass and I'm gonna need you to call his ass off because I do have pirate ships and I will fuck you up. So she writes, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but she writes this letter to Elizabeth. (laughs) And, and this is like really kind of wild. In 1593, so the following year, like Elizabeth invites her to England and is like, hey girl, like come hang out. Like, let's talk about shit, which is wild because you have to remember at this point, especially under English rule, Like, obviously, Henry is just, as I said before, just murdering all his wives. Like, nobody gives a shit about women. Nobody cares. And then Elizabeth ascends the throne. And she, I don't know how much you know about Queen Elizabeth. If you haven't watched the movie, you should. She's just, she brings everybody together and burns everything to the ground and just rules that country with an iron fist. And it's amazing. And I'm going to cover her in a future episode. But so I think, like, in Grace O'Malley, she kind of found this, like, almost more wild counterpart to herself in so many ways like this is another bad bitch across the island there are no other women in europe who are ruling countries like this but we're both doing it and like let's hang out and have a kiki Um, do we have any idea like at what age uh she is when she's like ruling shit was she like 15 so by the time i mean like i said by the time her husband dies she so she's 30 when her husband dies and by okay. then, she, and by then, like she becomes like the the official clan lead. But she, before that's even happened, like I said, she already had like an army of men under her. So yeah, she's been okay. she's pretty much been doing it since she was a teen. But on like on paper, but not on paper because there's no paper in Ireland. Um, 
officially like she's fucking people up from the age of 30 onwards she's she becomes like the pirate queen um and in 1593 that puts her in her like 60s right yeah so and and same with elizabeth so they've both been like doing this for a hot minute um so this is where it gets really good because this is where it's actually recorded and documented and uh and this is where it's just like i get so proud of my irish ancestry so grace goes grace o'malley goes to meet with elizabeth in her court does not bow down to queen elizabeth because she sees her as her equal like in grace's mind she's the queen of ireland and elizabeth is the queen of england so they're just like queens having queen time together (laughs) um and apparently Elizabeth, in front of the court, offers to name Grace the a Countess of Ireland, and Grace refuses, saying that, quote, a title cannot be conferred from one equal to another equal. So she's well, basically like, you can't, who are you to tell me what I am? Like, but you like, can't. why, why did she think she could anyway? Well, so here's what's interesting is that some people are like, oh, well, Grace responded that way because of Irish pride. And she basically was telling her, you can't do this. But some other people have speculated that it was a strategy because if she accepted the title of countess, then that meant that she was officially acknowledging that Elizabeth was her queen, which means that Elizabeth could charge her ass with treason for the things she had done and have her like basically have her executed under English law. So there's like that speculation, like who knows why it was, but she basically was like, no, 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 I'm not one of your people, bitch. That's not what this is. But, but, but I'm still confused as to why Queen Elizabeth thought she could dictate who is a countess or queen of Ireland. Because she's technically the, the lady of Ireland. At this point who in Queen history. Queen Elizabeth is? Yes. Yeah. Oh. On paper. I mean, and this is like, I mean, there's a multi-century history between the English and the Irish, and this is why we hate the English so much, is because they basically just showed up one day, and they were like, hey, so this is our country now, cool. Um, and, And no one really, as I was saying before, like, it wasn't a big deal until Elizabeth's throne was threatened by Catholicism. And she was like, well, I can't have, I can't have this island to the west fucking up my shit. So I have to make sure that they're Protestant. And that's when she really started taking like a big interest in Ireland. And that's when England actually came in and started throwing the smack down. Get it. Um, yeah. So, uh, so they meet. She's like, nah, bitch. I ain't your bitch. Um, and apparently Elizabeth likes her so much or she's so embarrassed by her behavior that she ends up taking her into a private meeting and they bang it out. No, I don't actually know. But I want to believe they had like lesbian <laughs> Um, so, so they basically, like, come to a supposed truce where Liz tells Grace that she's going to fire Bingham, that dude who's, like, killing her sons and kidnapping her sons and stealing all her property. And Grace tells Elizabeth, like, hey, girl, like, I'll stop fucking with rebellious stuff if you get this dude out of my hair. And this is where, like, history gets a little wonky, um, because... If you read certain accounts, it's like, and then Elizabeth granted all of her wishes. But as far as I can tell, that's kind of bullshit. Like, Elizabeth said she would in true English style. But then, come to find out, Grace doesn't get her land back. Liz does, I'm calling her Liz, like we're close. Um, (laughs) Queen 
Q-Liz, Q-Liz does get ring of does get rid of Bingham for for like a second, but then pretty immediately sends him back to Ireland. And so then Grace is like, "Oh, this has all been bullshit," and she ends up backing Irish rebels in the Nine Year War between Irish uh, between Ireland and England. Um, so you know, it's like there's this whole like narrative people try to create of like queen versus queen, and like they shook hands and they like shook their titties at each other, and they had like a queen acknowledgement moment, and they came to a truce but like they really didn't queen elizabeth did what the english always do which is like basically go behind the irish's back i'm not bitter about it or anything um but basically (laughs) goes behind my people's back and just is like fuck it i don't care these people are savages arguably true um and and just goes against everything she said uh but i do want to point out so i feel like you never watched game of thrones did you I did. I know no, you... I watched. No, I watched the first four seasons, and then I it got too much, and then I passed out, and I stopped watching. I f- I feel like the Irish, or what you're describing as the Irish being at this time period, and what Grace—that's her name, right? Yes. Yeah, they're like the Wildings, which I don't know if you got as far as the Wildings yeah, in Game totally. of Thrones, but they're totally the Wildings. And even you know there was like a Grace, and she had red hair, and she was fucking killing people with bows and arrows all day long, and she was like in love with Jon Snow, but wanted to murder him constantly. I actually always thought of the Starks as being like Irish, and I always thought really? of, and I always thought of Lannister as being England. And well, like, yeah, that oh, makes sense. We're like, we're like the proper fucking city place, and you should fucking come bow down to our blonde, blue-eyed asses. And like, boo, 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 boo. Again, I'm not bitter about any of this. Um, <laughs> but this is like, this is where we're not going to edit this out, even though we should, but I'm going for it because I've had a bottle of wine. Uh, so there is like the definitive work on Grace O'Malley is a book called Ireland's Pirate Queen by Anne Chambers. So she's like the authority on Grace O'Malley and the O'Malley clan's history. So when I was either 19 or 20, a coworker of mine bought me this book. And the very first time I ever got high on ecstasy, which I can, <laughs> which I can almost guarantee you was just pure meth. I came home. <laughs> I came home. <laughs> Like, it always was. I came home every time. I came home from tripping at my friend's house, and I read that book in one fucking sitting. It was like- Did you, like, cry hysterically? I I can't remember a single thing about it. I just, I just devoured it. Like, my brain was just, like, I was just flipping pages and looking at words, and I was like, yes, all of this, to, like- Four in the morning. I mean, I literally powered through that book in like four hours. Okay, this is one of those moments where I'm so sad this is a podcast and people can't see you because what I was able to just witness was like groundbreaking. Please describe it for the audience. Your impersonation of you reading that book on ecstasy was like so accurate and so perfect. You had like the most insane like enlarged bug eyes and you were like flipping through the pages a hundred miles an hour oh my god that was excellent that was so excellent uh that's what happened i read it all in one sitting just just chewing like 18 pieces of gum at once (laughs) (laughs) and and that and that really stuck with me forever enough that i mentioned it on this podcast so um and that was from my coworker shannon also very irish thanks girl thanks for buying me that book (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did she provide um, the ecstasy too 
She did not. Um, I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would have had I asked, but uh, but she did not in this case. Um, so Grace likely died at Rockfleet Castle in County Mayo in 1603 at the age of 72 ish. Damn, she lived long. So that's like 150 years old by those times. 16th century Ireland. How did oh she do God. that? Because she fucked everybody and killed everybody she didn't want to fuck. That's why. <laughs> should be like take notes ladies if you're listening to this <laughs> jesus and don't let people kill the good d i that's my no. favorite honestly like that's my favorite part of her history i hate to say it that it's man related but she was like you really just killed the best lay of my life and now i have no choice but to kill your entire family and steal <laughs> your land um so i mean like that's the overall history of grace o'malley i will say like some of the things that i really like stood out to me i i put this in my notes as badass facts and legends um here's why i think she's so cool like it's 16th century women here's the thing though like women in ireland had a lot of power until the english came in matriarchy powerful queens like these were things that ireland had had for centuries until the english came in with their little baby dicks and were like "Mm, baby dick wanging and like ruined it for all of us so that she like she kind of became this like throwback to what our country was um and to what that culture was she was basically reclaiming her heritage one dick and one dead sailor at a time god bless her um god i wish that was my life motto (laughs) it can be um so i wanted to share a couple of the legends that i super loved even though i know they're probably not real they're probably totally apocryphal but they're so good i had to share them so one of them is that um legend has it that she gave birth to her third child so she had four kids um legend has it that she gave birth to her third child on the high seas during a trading expedition to the mediterranean and supposedly was like out on the deck like in a battle shooting people with her pistol just a couple of hours after giving birth to her third child oh my Um, god who knows if that's true but i'm gonna choose to believe that it is well i mean i don't think they even had the option to like take maternity like let me just freaking like kick back and like chill in my cave while like my whole entire community is gonna go up in flames like that's not even an option she's like no. get into fu- motherfucking war now you know whatever that bro han law was or whatever the hell i called it earlier which did have a lot of cutbacks for women like that was not one of them like you couldn't take four months off to raise your baby like you had to get out on the deck and start shooting sailors immediately but like my biggest concern is did her uterus slip out because they don't even let you jog after like giving birth these days they don't even let you jog yeah they don't let you do anything so that's one legend. Another one that I really loved, and this was actually in the book that you bought me, which, by the way, uh, it's actually yeah, called... Yeah, shout that out. Bad Girls Throughout History, and the author is Anne Shen, S-H-E-N. So thanks, Anne. Thank you, Miss Shen, for inspiring this podcast. So uh, supposedly, again, a legend, Grace went. Grace O'Malley went to visit Baron Houth at his castle. His castle, Baron House <laughs> at his castle, but he turned her away because they were eating dinner. So she retaliated by kidnapping the heir to his fortune, and he, because <laughs> she doesn't fuck around, 
And he offered her a permanent setting at his table as recompense, which is a tradition that does actually uh, persist to this day. So House Castle to this day has like a, a dinner space set aside for Grace O'Malley. Wow. Um, so yeah, all of those things. The other thing that I love about her too, like I said, I, I mean, I'm kind of repeating myself, I guess, but that we went from Henry VIII, who was literally just wagging his dick all over town <laughs> and just literally like murdering like it wasn't enough like in this day and age henry the eighth would just ghost right he would just be like i'm not gonna get back to you we're broken up and i found a new wife but back in the 16th century like he felt compelled to just kill everybody he didn't want to fuck anymore so while he's doing all of that there's this crazy red-headed firecracker not but a few hundred miles away who's just taking prisoners and taking ships and taxing people which is another way of saying murdering them if they don't pay her money uh and just fucking shipwrecked men and that makes me so happy it makes me happy too it makes me so happy there was another one of the other story i didn't write this down but i remember it one of the other stories i really loved so she had three uh three kids by her first husband and her third child, which was a boy, and I don't remember his name and I don't want to, was like a dick. He was just like a dick cheese stick. <laughs> so horrible. And the worst. And he apparently like really disrespected her and like hated her because she was a woman and so at a very young like at very young in his life she refused to stop talking to him or excuse me she refused to continue talking to him but apparently this is a quote from wikipedia she would <laughs> she would insult him from time to time so like she would occasionally check in as every good mother does to just be like you're a piece of shit and then would just like go back into the coastal mist <laughs> Damn, and she was not fucking around. No. Um, so there's so many other things that uh, that I could say about her, and most of them may or may not be true. But she kind of did become this Irish. She has become this Irish hero uh, because she sort of symbolizes all of these things that we think of as being Irish, like very ribald, very rugged, doesn't give a fuck, drinks, fucks, takes no prisoners you know like she's has a lot of pride doesn't give a shit what the english think will spend her entire life trying to bring the english down um so she just like she has become this like personification of ireland so that is the story of grace o'malley ireland's pirate i love her i know so i have some thoughts okay tell me everything well i have zodiac thoughts okay go for it Okay, well, my first guess, which I don't actually believe she is this, but it is my first guess because I feel like it has to be purely due to the fact that she's an emotional murderer. My first guess uh-huh. was Scorpio. Oh, interesting. Ooh, you know, that hadn't even crossed my mind. That hadn't even crossed my mind, but I can see it. You know what my first guess was? What? Aries. Well, that's my second guess. (laughs) So she's neither, she's not a Scorpio and not an Aries? Are you ready for this? Yes. I don't don't know. 
Because what do you her, mean? her birth date isn't recorded anywhere. Oh, mother I know. I didn't I ruined, think of that. I know. I okay. it. When I was reading up on her, I was like, Melissa's going to fucking kill me. Listen, I my first thought is emotional murderer, definitely a Scorpio. They You're murder right. everybody in the world, and they're <laughs> so were, emotional. You were so right. But my second guess would have been Aries 1000% because yeah. Aries are motherfucking cutthroat and they will throw anybody under the motherfucking bus whenever they feel like it. We can't. We can only speculate. We don't know. Yeah. Well, but hey, let's just break even and say that she was either a sun, moon or rising of Scorpio and Aries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. We nailed it. Yeah. Totally. Um... I love her. I know. She's so good. She's so good. I love that I was the very first time I ever did speed, basically, that I read about her. <laughs> she holds, because then, like, can I just say, because then I went on to do that for, like, three years solid. From, like, 19 to 23, Colleen Joy McCullough was just high on speed. Like, we called <laughs> we called it ecstasy, but it was, you know, it was something that's right there sure. with you. Yeah. But we don't do that anymore, kids. For those no. eleven those eleven year olds that are listening to this episode that I that I addressed earlier, um, don't do drugs. Cause then no, you'll end we're up now super- <laughs> we're now working on healing the holes we made in our own brains. Right. Uh, and it's a lot of work, so just save yourself the trouble. <laughs> it is a lot just of work, a lot of therapy. Yeah. You so don't don't therapy. do it. So much therapy. <laughs> Just don't even, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love all of this. I know. Um, so can I teeter into host, new best friend, sentimental moment? Yes. All right. So I had an epiphany earlier today. Okay. But the epiphany was sparked by my witchcraft seance that I did last night for <laughs> the new moon in Pisces. Uh-huh. And oh, like God, all, what a moon! Like all normal witches, um, myself and I believe you as well partook in a little manifestation uh, ritual, where where we uh, we wrote down or I don't know I guess deeply thought about all the things we'd like to manifest in life, and then I I I also decided to eliminate everything that doesn't serve me by lighting it on fire and watching it burn away. Um, but during the, this, sorry, can what I, I did, I did the same thing. Good. I, I, I lit, I lit pieces of paper on fire and I threw them out of my window. Okay, sorry. I crouched down out in front of my front steps and lit a piece of paper on fire after I had gone day drinking on Second Street for St. Patrick's <laughs> Day for four hours. Yes. I had to cut into my day drinking and do the witch seance because I knew I couldn't get too drunk and forget. <laughs> So yeah, I did the same thing, but one of like one of the things that I was eliminating and also trying to manifest was this like and this is going to be super depressing, but don't don't worry, I'm going to climb out of it quick, but was this like feeling of like never being enough in a sense. So like I'm I'm eliminating the feeling of like never being enough while also manifesting feeling and believing that I am enough. And so that was like one of the things that was most prominent in my witchcraftry of 
the Pisces new moon. Mm -hmm. But then I was like sitting here this morning doing my research on Laverne and like thinking about episode three and thinking about the past two episodes and all the women and then just like reading about Laverne's life and how inspiring she is and like what a role model for just anybody to just like think of somebody that came from like rock bottom and was able to use that trauma to like create power and confidence and become something massive for like the entire world and communities and whatever and then I was like this is every woman that we've done they've all been you know people that maybe typically didn't believe they could be something good Mm. and then they became something great and so then I was like pondering all these thoughts and then it occurred to me that like when we first started this podcast I thought to myself that we were doing this specifically to uplift other women and within this process and getting to episode three I've completely recognized that I'm actually doing it for me yes oh god I just started lactating that was so because I because that's exactly how I feel that's exactly how I feel and it's um, so crazy. Can I like, can I just like add to that real quickly? Can I piggyback? Yes, piggyback. So I was talking about this to to Jamiroqua as well. And I was talking about the fact that like th- all of the women we've talked about so far, and we're only three episodes deep, are women who in their time, there are so many people who are like, fuck you. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? You're not shit. You're not that like, again, like kind of what you're like, you're not good enough. You're not whatever. And are and their whole thing is like, I'm not lis- I'm not listening to that. These people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I'm doing what I want to do. And they're inspiring millions of women and millions of people, regardless of gender, like all over the world. And it's inspired. It's I feel like. And we can cut this out if we want to, but I also feel like it's not a coincidence that since you and I have started this podcast, I feel like we have just been fucking up everything, like in the in a good way, in a good way, not in a bad way, and like like we're just not taking shit from anybody on like a whole new level of not taking shit, like going yeah. after what we want, booking trips we wanted to book, like telling our bosses what we need, like just just handling shit in a real way, handling shit. In a real way, because because all of these so many women have done it and do it and continue to do it. And if they can do it, like, fuck, like, we can do it. We can fucking do it. Well, and again, like, I can't remember the exact quote, which you might know it, but there's that quote that, like, no good girl makes history or something. Yeah, like, well-behaved women don't make history or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it's it's true. And it's true. But it's not about not being... It's not even about that you're, like, you know, fucking lighting shit on fire and getting throwing in jail and you're not well-behaved. But, like, we're supposed to be quiet and passive and accept things as they are and never, you know, fight against it or go Mm -hmm. against it. And when you do that, you're considered radical and if there's one thing I've ever been considered in my life it is absolutely radical well and something (laughs) that you said that Laverne said that I loved uh, just like you she kind of said it in passing when she was talking about dating men and like and and uh, allegedly I'm threatening or something like that and I was like girl if that's not the story of my life dating or otherwise like 
And I think that's part of what gets worked into that well-behaved, like that um, narrative of well-behaved women is like, you're not supposed to be threatening, but what is threatening when you're a female, (laughs) I'm getting way too, girl, I've had a whole bottle of wine, but like when you're female, anything you do that is you like owning your power can, is going to be perceived by someone as threatening. Um, So you're just going to have to deal with it, bitches. Deal with it, motherfuckers, because we ain't stopping now. So the other thing I was thinking, and you can tell me, Melissa, if you think this is a good idea, um, like another way to, like a the last sign off of every episode is us talking about like everyday heroines that like made our day or made our week or like made us happy in the last week, whether that's. Okay. That could be, like, someone in our life, preferably. But it could also be, like, we read a, a story about this badass woman and we might not do, like, a whole episode on her, but we just want to acknowledge her. Um, but do you, I, have, like, I, do you have one right now? I do. And it's really easy and really cheesy. You can go first because I have to brainstorm. So mine is you. Oh, my God. So I get really bad uh, PMDD. I get really bad premenstrual depression. It's a thing. And uh, I was getting it really bad on Monday or Tuesday of this week. It just like hits out of nowhere. There's nothing that causes it. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's happening. But all of a sudden, I just feel like I'm the most depressed person on planet Earth. And I was riding my bike home from work. And I was just like, I hate everything. I just want to cry. And then Melissa starts texting me about how... um, Without giving all the details, she's taken the bull by the horns in uh, in her professional life. And also that she's booked this like 10 day or two week trip to Bali and Australia to like go to a retreat and heal herself using vaginal witchcraft and whatever (laughs) other things she finds in Bali. And it just like, and this is what I love. Like, this is what I love about you and about Virgos. And I think this is why, even though I'm an air sign and you're an earth sign, like having Mercury as a ruling planet is why we get along is because like, we just do shit and we just, it's unexpected. All of a sudden you'll be like, so I'm taking a trip to Bali. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, wait, since when, when is this happening? Like I was like, have you planned this like for years? Like, did you just decide it? And you were like, she was like, Oh no, like I've been planning this for like a year, but I didn't, you know, I had to save up my vacation time and I had to this and I had to that and blah, 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 blah. And I got so not even saying this as a joke. I got so stoked and amped about the idea that Melissa was going to Bali to like get her life through vaginal witchcraft that like it took away this PMDD that like I've had for like five years that I can never figure out how to treat it. They literally just like evaporated. It usually is like a five hour plus long process. I had it for like 40 minutes and she cured it. And so, (laughs) so my heroine of the week is Melissa because you literally cured my premenstrual depression. Well, thank you. And I'm so happy I could do that for you. (laughs) Thank you. I think it's great because to like I'm trying to brainstorm on the past week and like to be honest like not one person has like is coming to mind. <laughs> You're like, you I all, fucking hate everybody. <laughs> you all fucking suck. But since you did bring this up, I have to actually shoot back at you because I think that like in terms of my entire friend group, 
of women that I know, I don't talk to any men because they're like the bane of my existence. <laughs> but um, for all of the women that I'm close with, there other than my sister, there isn't one woman in my life, at least that's admitted or opened up to me that has like gone through similar childhood trauma as I have. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like we relate to each other in that sense. And I feel like my journey of like internal healing wasn't even a factor until you've been on your journey of internal healing and so you you healing you has helped me heal me and here we are (laughs) that makes me so happy I feel so touched by that and I feel like I'm like grabbing my intentions from my new moon ceremony because I feel like that fits in so perfect right thank you for sharing that (laughs) that's just every single week it's just gonna be us (laughs) this is why you're the best (laughs) we're just we're just the heroines every week on top of all of our other women that we we uh discuss Girl, that's what it's all about. Like, we're, you know, like, we're singing the praises of all of these women who are, they're at least well-known enough that we can Google them, right? But then there are so many scores of women who, like, don't necessarily get that attention, but are, like, just these badass bitches in their everyday life doing what they do. Uh, Yeah. And let's let's shout them out, too. Let's shout them out from the rooftops. Subscribe and review and, uh comment and rate uh thank you for listening to the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa don't forget um shoot us an email at mimosa sisterhood at gmail.com we will reply in less than three seconds because we show ain't gonna do work that's for show um all right until next week we need to sign until next week we're gonna come up with one it'll it'll come drink drink some wine and lift up some women yeah all right bye cheers bye